Welcome to The Home Medic. You are listening to the series on roofing for your home. Welcome to The Home Medic, where we help keep your money in your wallet, your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Hello. So let's say that you do not want to be the weird homeowner standing out in the middle of the street. I don't think I do, although I haven't heard the story yet. You never know. I can change my mind. Let's talk about flat roofs, should we? Let's do. So as the home inspector, you know, my whole life is home inspecting. It seems to be the only set of friends I have and the only set of experiences that I can provide. <laughs> you still have friends. That's uh, good. That's one. good. <laughs> I'm counting you. I think and that's there's the me. List. Yes, there's me. So we know. Scooby might be we the second one. We know it's at least one. So I was doing this inspection, and I noticed as I drove up that the area that we live in is predominantly pitched roofs with asphalt shingles. Then I noticed that there was three homes right next to each other where you had a flat roof with tar and gravel. Mm. And so that was, you know, a little unusual. I went on about my inspection and towards the end, I was just talking with the client about the, I want to say strengths and weaknesses, but let's just go with weaknesses because there's not a lot of strengths <laughs> going with tar it just, and gravel. It's just, it, it honestly makes no sense at all to have a totally flat roof, does it? Other than for... You know, architectural, in, you know, If you're interest. Walmart and you're covering 10 acres of ground, you don't have a lot of choice. You pretty much have to go with a flat roof. I see. But for those of us that have, you know, smaller residential homes, meaning less than 10,000 square feet, the pitched roof is definitely the way to go. Where does the water and snow go on a flat roof? Does it just have to all evaporate? They have drainage slopes that they try to create. My experience is that there is always ponding somewhere. Mm, okay. And the ponding can be interesting. So if somebody's building a really cool, new, incredible, contemporary home, you still don't recommend a flat roof? Definitely not. So I was talking with this guy about the weaknesses of a flat roof and here comes the nosy neighbor i could tell he was a bit odd walking up okay you know he was about as ugly as i am so that was one sign (laughs) which garth is not ugly he loves to self-deprecate yeah i don't even know what that word is so (laughs) if that means that i'm ugly then she's right so here comes this guy uh, waddling up and he listens from two feet away to our conversation and he talks about how awesome flat roofs are. <laughs> right while you're there, yeah. giving the counsel to not and, have one. Yeah, he just decided that he was welcome to our conversation. I'm thinking, you didn't pay me and you're wasting my time. <laughs> no. Then the other neighbor comes up. Now we have all three flat house representatives. Interesting. And he comes up and this guy is saying, yeah, flat roofs are the best. It's the only way to go, blah, blah, blah. And the other neighbor walks up and he says, yeah, mine's leaking today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said thank you I thank you i'll pay you later that just to get him to go away which he did at that point really so you know flat roofs definitely not my favorite you can have a number of different kinds of flat roofs you can go with tar and gravel which terrifies me the only thing that's nice about a flat roof in my opinion is mm-hmm. that you can have a little garden up there you know grow a garden put a hot tub up there rooftop party i mean that's <laughs> 
It's just not so easy to do on a sloped roof. I'm going to venture to say that if you're putting a hot tub up there, that would be very cool. But you better make sure that it's not going to come crashing through the ceiling. Invite the Beatles over to sing their last rooftop party. You know, I, I, I mean, saw that yeah, on Facebook. Yeah. You know, if you're going to put anything up there, you want to make sure that your roof is designed to handle a load like that. Tar and gravel, my least favorite, because, you know, the concept with tar and gravel is actually very similar to an asphalt shingle. Hmm. The tar is your water barrier, but the tar itself will crack and age and get brittle when it's exposed to sunlight. And so they put gravel over it so that the gravel will protect the tar from the UV. Ah, that... Thank you. I've been wondering for so long, what purpose does the gravel serve? Is it to soak up some of the moisture and kind of... That makes sense. It protects the tar from the sun. Right. And that is exactly what is happening on an asphalt shingle, too. I see. Just on a smaller scale. But the problem with tar and gravel is that sometimes you can get that cracking and the homeowner will go up and he'll see the crack and he'll do nothing other than sweep gravel back over the problem. I see. And now you have a failure that is completely uninspectable. I see. So not good. You know, and then you can have risks associated with uh, maybe tree branches that are scraping the tar and gravel, or at least the gravel away, and maybe even damaging the tar. You can get other problems associated with that sort of thing. So not my favorite. It is unpredictable. It's hard to tell. You might have you know, 98% of the roof be in great shape and not going to leak for another 10 years, and then you'll have that 2% that's leaking today. So what about in really hot climates? I mean, I know down in places like Argentina, lots of flat roofs. That's where they keep their little puppies so that the neighbors don't steal them and eat them for dinner, you know? Hmm. That's what I hear anyway. Yeah. I hear, they having... grow their, I hear they grow their gardens on their rooftops down there quite a bit. That would make sense. It optimizes the amount of space that you have available for living. Added square footage. Yeah. Summer night parties. Yeah. Not going to argue any of the above. I guess we just need to make sure that the roof stays in good condition so it doesn't leak on us. So in really hot climates, is it maybe a good way to go when you don't have a lot of snow and rain to worry about? Yeah. In Argentina, they're not going to have any snow, definitely. They might even have... I don't know what kind of surfaces they use there, but... I just thought I'd throw that out. For somebody that might be in a really warm climate, is there any exception to your rule? You know, that's going to be a simple sort of a system that is more easily done. I'm sure less expensive Hmm. if you're in Argentina or Ecuador or, you know, Nigeria. Probably more expensive to get an asphalt shingle, so that might be the better way to go. Hmm. I'm just kind of curious for the people in hot climates. uh I have to cover all the bases because you never know who's listening to us. It might be somebody... Far away. Uzbekistan. Maybe, perhaps even. Perhaps. Yeah, it definitely depends on what's going on, what's available. But in some places, your choices are limited and you got to go with the choices you have. Now, I did a home, actually it was a business not too far away from here. That business was a part of the early settlement in this area. That that, uh, place was actually constructed in 1896. Wow. And I guess originally it had been, you know, one of those mercantile sort of places. Mm. 
-hmm. It was in a very historic downtown area. It was just a cool place to inspect. Ooh, you got to tell me more about this. It sounds fun. And, you know, the basement foundation was rock and mortar. And, you know, you had the old knob and tube wiring. And we can talk about that in another segment, the electrical segments. And it actually had a dropped ceiling below a dropped ceiling. Really? But... What we had there up on the roof, it was a flat-ish sort of a roof, and you actually had the fabric. You know, they make fabrics now, and those do a lot better than tar and gravel. Mm. But I wrote that roof up because as you are flowing water down, you want to have the fabric lap over so that water wants to stay on the surface. Right. So basically, the downward drip edge on a fabric roof needs to be downhill. Mm -hmm. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. And in this one, the interface was actually, the edge of the fabric was actually the uphill side. Oh, I see. So you had water that was flowing down that fabric material. It's going to hit that edge, and it's going to find some Go minuscule. underneath it, perhaps. Yeah, it's of... going to go underneath, and then you've got water issues that in, makes sense. in the attic. And, of course, we actually had that happening. You could see in the lower dropped ceiling where we had water coming in from mm -hmm. the roof. Interesting. So maybe instead of replacing the ceiling, they just added a new one, yeah. a newer dropped one at a lower level. I think they had actually, based on that one, they had actually taped over the improper seam in areas ah. with a new piece of tape. I see. But that still was a problem. Didn't quite it, cut it. It just recreated the same problem that we started with. So going back to this tar and gravel flat roof deal, I thought, I've been thinking that I should ask you, can someone just take some tar, can you go buy a can of tar and paint it on and fix it yourself and have a quick fix? Yeah, that is a definitely a quick fix. If you have a problem or if you expect a problem or if you're trying to prevent a problem and you know where it is, you can go sweep the gravel away. Find the cracked or cracking or aging tar. Mm. And yeah, just add some new tar and then put gravel back over again. And, you know, you might have given yourself another couple of years on your roof. Great. So can you buy tar at a hardware store? Yes. Really? Okay, perfect. You know, in the fabric category, you've got polymers, there's membranes, there's liquid rubber, there's EPDM, there's a thousand choices. And I mentioned that this one was a fabric, but you can actually get a material that is squeegeed out. Mm. You kind of just dump the bucket and it flows and you just squeegee it out. And then you don't have any seams at all. Nice. So that is another option for a flat roof. So that's not tar, but it's some other sort of polymer. Right. Okay. Right. And, and do you have to put gravel on top of that as well, or is it just... No, these guys are their own barrier, it's and just you don't have to mess with gravel. It's just coating of some sort. And that's nice, because again, that gravel is going to add a great deal of weight. And if you go back to this property built in 1896, obviously the structural components aren't going to be you know, up to new standards. Mm -hmm. So it is comforting to have a less weighty roof. So does this stuff spread easily? How hard is it to apply? Do you know? Yeah, you can get up there. You know, a homeowner can do it if you feel like you can do that sort of thing. You want to make sure that you cover the flashing and, you know, the interfaces. Mm. You want to make sure you get that right. But yeah, a homeowner can get up there and dump and squeegee. 
Really? Yeah. And do you need to wear wading boots or anything like that? Or? I'm thinking you don't step in the stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You might become a permanent <laughs> fixture up there. You might ruin your shoes, or you might get stuck to the and roof. You might have to have somebody bring and your you sandwiches And your wife might up. miss you after three days or so. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she misses you. If she doesn't might miss take you, a, you, Might know take you a, a couple hours, but... <laughs> I'm just picturing that husband the wife stuck up on the roof you and the wife smiling and pretending not to notice hey, for a while. Honey, I'm still not <laughs> noticing you stuck up there on the roof. Where are you, honey? Yeah, and if she looks at you and smiles and leaves. <laughs> If she grabs your wallet and walks out the door, then you're in trouble. She didn't like you enough. So you want to make sure while you're stuck up there and you've got all day and all night, you want to make sure you got the interfaces and the flashing right. Now, these are basically, let's say you've got an interface between a chimney and your roof or maybe between a vent and your roof. This 1896 property actually had a wall that went up about eight feet higher than the roof. Mm. And I don't know why the original builders decided that was cool, but that's what they decided to do. Maybe it was a privacy screen for those rooftop parties I've been mentioning to you. That would be cool. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be very cool. That would be cool. Or if you've got a plumbing vent, you know, if you've got bathrooms or things like that, or if you've got a central air unit, all those things are interfaces and they need to be flashed properly so that they don't just become funnels for water to find their way into the living space. Right. And I think in a podcast long ago, one of our very first ones, we were talking about a guy who you had gone to see in a really, really expensive home and the flashings were not done properly. So sometimes even the professionals will not take care of you the way you would hope. Right. So beware. Right. Keep, keep them in check. Yeah. I think that's one where uh, that's probably the attic segments where we talked about that. Could have been. It's been so long. It's, I don't remember. It's been a while. I went through the list of the podcasts we've done. It's insane. All right. We've been um, having a lot of fun teaching you all about this stuff. Indeed. $10 versus $10 fixes. 10000 yeah. versus $10 so fixes. So let's go there. Let's do one of the examples of a $10 fix versus a $10,000 fix. Good idea. So as you're being stuck up there on the roof, you might notice, for example, that maybe you've got a plumbing vent. And maybe the water is flowing towards that plumbing vent and you've got a crack there. How am I going to know it's a plumbing vent? You're just talking about air coming about or are you talking yeah. about water coming up? The concept with a plumbing vent is that when you pour water into the sink, mm -hmm. it's already full of air. So in order to get water in the sink, you've got to give the air a place to go. And that's what plumbing vents do. Okay. So they are two inch diameter, usually black pipes that protrude up through the roof. Thank you. And so if you have a crack in the, for example, the top side of your plumbing vent, or maybe it's not flashed at all, you can get water down in through those. And flashed. You know what? I know there's someone listening who hasn't heard our previous flashing podcast. So let's talk about that flashing too. So the again. flashing is going to be usually sheet metal. It's like that little tinny stuff. Right. Right. And it is going to be inserted underneath your roof on the top side and above on the bottom side. And, and yeah, it's like around my chimney. I kept looking at it and thinking, what is the point of that? Why is that there? Yeah. And I tell people that it's kind of intended to be like a deck of cards that's been pushed over. Mm. 
but actually it's the reverse of that. It's kind of like a deck of cards that's been pushed under. But the purpose is to force the water to stay on top. So what happens is water's running along your roof. It hits the flashing. Now it's on the flashing. It continues to run down. It runs off the edge of the flashing and back onto the roof. It's like a little slippery slide. Indeed. So the way to do it wrong is to have the flashing exposed on the top side or completely buried on both sides. Because then the water doesn't run on top of it. It runs underneath it. Right. Correctly? Right. Correct, I mean? Right. In both cases, whether your flashing is on top or beneath on both sides, you're going to have water that gets underneath your roof, you know, your flat roof material or whatever roof you've got is going to go underneath and now you've got water in your attic. Which is never good. Never good. Good job, home medic. Thank you for making me be clear on that one because well, I sometimes just, I just assume. That I know. I did not know what flashing was until we started doing these podcasts. So yeah. it's been a lot of years I've had my home and not known well, about know, flashing. You know that. I thought flashing uh, was immodest behavior on football field or something, you know? <laughs> Let's just say that that other awesome co-host that we have, she has a hard time keeping her conversation going when you're talking about flashing. <laughs> oh, she has had the... Immodest behavior on the football field experience, you mean. I don't even want to know. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, more information at homemedicusa.com. And yeah, if you want to send me pictures of you flashing, please send them to Heidi instead. She can winnow through those. I can survey them or what? The word is not coming to me. (laughs) Screen them. them (laughs) That's okay. You just keep those to yourself. I'll live without them. I'll be curious, but I'll live without it. And finally, and as always, be yourself, because especially if you're flashing, (laughs) send that to your (laughs) mother-in-law. Oh, wow. This is Julie with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. Today, we are going to talk about seasonal threats and how you can take care of them naturally. Oh, so many of us suffer from that, Julie, especially in the spring and the fall. If we're gardening or we're hiking, our little secret for essential oils is lemon, lavender, and peppermint. I love lemon, lavender, and peppermint because it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. It also has a calming and balancing effect and is very cleansing to the body systems. If you'd like to know more about lemon, lavender, or peppermint, go ahead and contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.